0: And Ray Flowers Monday through Friday, powered by fantasyguru.com. Use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on all the products at fantasyguru.com. We welcome you in to the Thursday
1: edition, also known as episode four, in our first week of having a little fun here. Fantasy Sports Daily, Kyle Alfred and Ray Flowers. And I should say this right from the top because in the history of radio, in the history of broadcasting, In the history of live streaming, YouTube, Spotify, podcasting, whatever, in the history of it, we have never been able to truthfully say this next statement. So I might as well lead with it. Texas Rangers, World Series champions. Ray Flowers, we have waited uh, well over 50 years to say that. And now I can say it. I'm not lying. I'm not gesturing to the heavens, hoping it happens It is official. Rangers are the world champions of
0: 2023. They are. And, you know, congrats and all that good stuff. It's remarkable. They didn't have their, I guess, arguably best offensive player, Corey Seager's pretty good. They didn't have their best guy at the end. They didn't have their two best pitchers in Scherzer and DeGrom, and they still emerged victorious. So kudos to them. It's a tremendous season. Yeah,
1: tremendous season. Uh, Pretty dominating, I thought, in the World Series. and. And, you know, everybody has their moment where things change. I still go back to game one, Ray, when Seeger hit that ninth inning home run. And I know the Diamondbacks came back in one game Two, but losing that first game, and if you had stolen that first game, and if you'd taken care of business in that first game, I really feel it would have altered the series for Arizona. And then the other one I'd throw in there, if, if I look at to uh, the why of a five-game series, as soon as Brandon Falk kind of blinked, that kind of blew up the whole plan, I think, for Arizona. He'd been so critical, and his success as a pitcher had been so important to Arizona in the previous series that once he wasn't super fought, he was regular fought, I think that's when the Diamondbacks kind of ran into the trouble. Because then you run into the bullpen game. Uh, that obviously went horrid. Uh, last night, I mean, they had guys on base the whole night. Arizona can look at themselves and and say, this: we lost because of us, guys. Because right, they had guys all over the base pass against Eovaldi. They just couldn't punch him through in game five.
0: Yeah, I think Eovaldi is one of the, the big storylines, obviously, with the situations with DeGrom and Scherzer. They needed someone to step up, and he was great at the start of the season. Then he got hurt, and then he came back down the stretch, and he was horrid. And his ERA was like nine. He was horrible. And then the playoffs hit, and all of a sudden, it was first half Eovaldi again. So mad credit to him. Um, He's got a growing reputation as one of these pitchers that you just got to get him to the big game. And when you're in the big game, he gets it done. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't have to go out there and strike out 10 guys to have success, obviously. And, you know, he pitched his way through another strong effort in this postseason.
1: Uh, So congratulations to the Rangers. If you're already thinking about futures for next season, and I know Ray Flowers is. Of course. uh, World Series champion in 2024. This is courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Atlanta's at plus seven hundred. The Dodgers seven fifty. Houston nine hundred. Rangers are nine hundred. Those are the only four teams that are below uh, plus a thousand. I, I always say this if if and I'm not one of these people, and I don't think either is Ray Flowers. But if I'm sitting here on November second and I'm trying to predict a World Champion twelve months from now, I I would hone it because it's a total crapshoot. I would hone in on a team that I could see, A, they were competitive this year, and I could see them spending bucks to to kind of make that move to a title next season. So, Ray, I I look at that, and I look at this list, and someone like if Otani were to end up with one of these long shots, it would totally change things. Mm -hmm. But, Ray, if I were looking at this list right now and putting those things together competitive and they could actually spend some money, they could, like, change their odds, Based off of free agency moves this year, um, I might put, I might put the Seattle Mariners, who are are plus two thousand. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are also plus two thousand. I could see that one, and then Baltimore at sixteen hundred. Ba- Baltimore, the, the hesitation there, Ray, is are they going to spend money? Like, are they going to go out and improve the pitching staff? Are they going to go out and maybe get? Uh, a really good veteran four R five hitter. I, I don't know if they will. And, and I would sit here and say it's doubtful, right? I mean, the Orioles, they, they should be spending money, but right. I just look at that ownership and I don't know if the Orioles are going to make any kind of splash this offseason.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. It'll be really interesting to see because, I mean, the Rangers lost 102 games two years ago. Right, and so we, we see this massive quick turnaround, uh, and you know they're the third team ever to go from a hundred win season to two years later winning the World Series. One of those being the '69 Mets, the other one being the '1914 Braves. So it doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, the the teams that have the ability to spend are obviously at an advantage, but as we saw yet again this year, you don't have to spend two hundred million dollars to have a competitive team. the um, The Orioles will be a really interesting case because, I mean. They, they've been, you know, in the, the, the second division in the ALEs for years. All of a sudden, it seems like everywhere you look, they got a potential superstar, like all over the place. Are they going to spend money? Because all the, it's kind of like the football thing when you have the rookie quarterback, right? You're not spending any money on your players. Go get some veterans to augment that. Um, this year, their power move was what? Kyle Gibson? <laughs> so let's see what they do. Because, yeah, if they make a nice addition or two, I mean, that's a tremendous group of talented youngsters they've got with the Orioles. I wouldn't sleep on your Giants either.
1: Yeah. they're they're plus 3000 bob melvin's the manager they're gonna mm-hmm. spend money right I, they have to ray they, they've got to spend money they got to get pitching they
0: got to get hitters mm-hmm. they're, they're
1: willing to spend right
0: i think they are um they've been you know we've you and i've talked for years the cardinals and the giants are very similar in, ty- in terms of how they build teams and they're, they're not the, the the group that's out there signing the number one or two free agent they get you know they get free agents you know 26 27 29 right? That's the stable veterans. There is money to spend. They tried to get Aaron Judge. They tried to get Carlos Correa. They understand that not only do they need that impact on the field, but they need it off the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Giants are kind of floundering. You know, the Niners, everyone loves. The uh, Warriors, everyone loves. Have the Sharks Sharks won a game yet this year, really? (laughs) The Sharks were predicted to finish 32 out of 32 teams. Um, So, yeah, I mean the the not that the Giants are falling out of relevancy in the Bay Area, but the the ownership I think understands they have to make a big move again for the product on the field as well as off the
1: field. Yeah, I, I'm not going to let you sly on this Sharks thing. Last I checked, they were winless. Yeah, they're 0-8 and uh, one. They're going get ready to play tonight against Vancouver. 0-8 oh, and one. Man, rough Future time. is
0: bright, Kyle. Future is bright.
1: It? It's always bright. Yeah. It's, what is it? Always darkest before the dawn, I guess. There maybe you go. Close there to the go. dawn yeah. uh, for the San Jose Sharks. So, again, congratulations to the Ranger. A uh, former uh, Giants manager, Bruce Boshi, is now one of, I think, five managers, maybe six managers uh, with at least four World Series titles. Corey Seager is now a two-time World Series MVP. Uh, so, congrats on that front to everything. And uh, now the offseason begins Uh, Free agency, all that fun. We'll see some trades. Uh, Shohei Itani, the market opens uh, beginning here in just a few days. So let's get rolling with that. And obviously right here on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily, we will uh, follow all the ins and outs and the moves as we go through the offseason. As for today, uh, we start with that World Series news, but the main focus is going to be a lot of football. Uh, Thursday night is here. Week 9 is here. No better way, right, than to get things rolling with Will Levis against Mitch Trubisky. Actually, it may be Will Levis against Kenny Pickett. Uh, kind of sounds like Pickett will be playing tonight for the Steelers. That will get things rolling in this uh, week number nine of the NFL season. Uh, Ray and I will give our thoughts, including what the heck to do with Najee Harris. It's just not happening this year, much like it didn't really happen last season for the Steelers running back. Ryan Clifford going to join us here in about five minutes time. We'll get his thoughts on the DFS plays. For tonight's matchup between the Steelers and the Titans, we'll also get you set with the latest injury news on this Thursday. We will also take a look at some halfway home numbers at the running back position. If you caught us yesterday, we dealt with the quarterbacks. We'll tackle some numbers with the running backs here a bit later. And then we'll close it down with Ani Sridhar. If you've been following us on the uh, podcast, which has been going on for a couple of months, that has now segued into this live stream. Uh, we be able to talk EPL, FPL each and every Thursday with Ani Sridar. He is going to join us coming up a bit later in the show. So we are jam-packed with things to get to. Um, also, Ray, it appears we have an update uh, for those who would like to subscribe to the audio portion of our podcast. That is now very, very easy to do, correct?
0: Yeah, obviously the folks are right now watching us on YouTube. YouTube. com slash at elite plus network. Uh, You can go there and watch the show live as you're doing. You can watch it on on the recording. If you just go there and you click on the live tab, you can also click on the about tab. Again, that's youtube.com slash at elite plus network. Click on the about tab and that gives you a bunch of links and two of the links exciting for us here on the show. Two of the links now include Spotify and Apple podcasts. So you might actually be listening to us in either one of those two locations right now as well. But if you haven't yet, uh, you can go to, the, again, youtube.com at Elite Plus Network. We can also just go to Spotify or go to Apple uh, Podcasts and you know type in the word fantasy, words, fantasy Sports Daily. But we are available in both those spots now, so you can also download it and uh, partake in the show in a podcast form, just as you do with so many other uh, avenues, probably in the fantasy world. And,
1: of course, we're re- relying on a bunch of zeros and ones to do this. But every day, Ray, once we sign off here, uh, with what we do via Facebook, YouTube, X, whatever it is, where people can watch us live. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it take, about half an hour to, to maybe get posted on the audio side? And if people are subscribers, that will immediately then download into their uh, podcast player, right?
0: Right, I can verify that it's about, well, I can't verify, I will say this. It looks like a half hour on Spotify. Okay. That's what it was yesterday on uh, Apple Podcasts. That just came in yesterday afternoon, so I'm not really sure the delay yeah. there. But let's just say I, I've talked to a bunch of people that, Strongly suggests that in both Spotify and Apple podcast case, within an hour of the show ending, it should be available in both sources in a podcast.
1: Okay, so great news. And kudos, public applause, everybody, to Ray Flowers, who uh, seemingly every day is uh, creating new and exciting uh, ventures and, and connections and, and places to download. So, Ray, I, I will say we've always joked about you and your tech team. Uh, which I've never seen these other guys, but they must exist because one man cannot do this on his own like
0: you have done this week. Can you tell my lady that? She's like, yesterday I was talking to her about this. She's like, they put you in charge of this? I'm like, wait, how did I get this tag that I don't know what the heck's going on? I used to put in I don't know,
1: right? If they'd asked me, I would have said, screw you. That's not my job. I'm a talker. I'm not a programmer.
0: I'm a talker. It's so It's so funny. I used to install car stereos in high school. Like this is legitimately true. My friends, and this is, and this was back in the right, late like '80s. Four wires, man. I mean, no, every- no, they're not putting speakers in, amps, woofers. <laughs> But I used to do that when I was 17 years old in high school. Like, I'm not some technological doofus, but yeah, I do. Yeah, if anybody needs their
1: Alpine CD changer installed, Ray Flowers, <laughs> the Oracle, is or your guy. <laughs> I had
0: an Alpine in my, my dash. I had the radio. I never had the changer. I had the single CD player. I did have an Alpine there. Um, but yeah, those uh, th- those were the days. But yeah, so uh, thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of work. I'm looking forward to next week when I can focus more directly on on the show than everything surrounding
1: You know, we're supposed to talk about the Steelers and the Titans, but Ray, I would actually rather talk about you uh, installing car stereos back Mm -hmm. in the 90s. How often do you think you installed a car stereo that was hot, that had been stolen, and and somebody was putting it in their own car after they had uh, yanked it out of some other poor dude's car?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Half the time, third of the time, like probably probably, – I remember too, my first deck was, and they were called decks back then, right? My first deck was a Denon, had a tape deck in it. Uh, And I remember I used to take my Alpine, speaking of that, my Alpine radio, because of the fact that people stole stuff back then, right? You would, and these for people nowadays that, that you know this sounds ridiculous. You would take the entire radio out. Yeah,
1: I, I was just thinking. When was the last time anyone heard of their car stereo getting stolen? I recall, Ray, this was like a normal part of high school. Yeah. My car got broken
0: into. It. Absolutely, the took the car stereo. No. So I, I I remember this uh, Matthew's Top of the Hill Daily City is where I bought my Alpine deck that cost $548. Okay. And, <laughs> and that was like $1 of Flowers, remember. <laughs> yeah. In 1989, which is probably like a thousand dollars today, right? And so you would pull the entire radio out. I put it in a case logic, you know, foamy bag, and I'd care. So I'd have my 30-pound backpack and then I'd have my two-pound radio hanging off my side. Because you had to take it because people would swipe it. But yeah, unfortunately, I would assume that some tweeters and woofers and probably some radios were probably hot when I helped to install them.
1: Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. We we used to be so afraid of people uh, yanking out our car stereo that they eventually came out with uh, faces that you could pop off.
0: The face plate? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: That was much better pack, than the
0: entire radio.
1: You'd pack those with you. Yeah, subwoofers all that silliness it was kind of crazy kind of crazy okay let's move to the uh, matter at hand Thursday night football again Ryan Clifford's going to join us in a few moments Uh, we'll talk to him about the DFS slate his uh, showdown column is going to be popping up uh, momentarily at fantasyguru.com I I, you know we'll talk DFS with Ryan Ray but for the season-long player many are sitting here going into tonight's game against Tennessee and they're an owner of Najee Harris Mm -hmm. and they are a pissed off owner of Najee Harris. This has been, last year was bad. This year's worse, Ray. It's worse than even last season. We've got one touchdown on 84 carries. We've barely topped 300 yards on 84 carries. Um, There's been 13 receptions, which has helped, but that's a pretty far cry from what he was doing last year in terms of reception totals. What's going on with Najee Harrison and how much leash do we keep giving this guy? Like in starting lineups, Ray, I, I know what you're going to tell me. He's on the field and he's getting work and I believe in that. But we're now half the way through the season, Ray. There hasn't been a hit. Has there Has there been a single hit in any of his games yet this year?
0: Yeah, he got scored a touchdown once. Um, in a game and-
1: with 53 yards and three catches. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I mean, and every Thursday morning, my article comes out and it's up today, uh, the game day uh, matchup article. Uh, and so breaking down this game as well as all the other games over at FantasyGuru.com. And again, don't forget to use that promo code FSD20 for a discount on all the products over there. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever you want to get involved with. Uh, I think that, you know, I, one of the problems we've had here is that the backfield has been shared to a higher degree than we anticipated. Jalen Warren hasn't done anything. He really hasn't. He catches three passes a week. He hasn't done anything. But the Steelers have given him more workload than we anticipated. Um, You know, you you look at the last couple of weeks, and I mentioned this in the article, it's really interesting because we look at it now and we think Harris is the guy in the early downs, Warren is the guy in the later downs. The last two weeks, uh, Harris has more catches, and he's only run two fewer routes. So I think that we're starting to see the team realize that they they will have more success getting the ball to Harris than they will to Warren. Uh, so I think that 15 touch a week thing is pretty stable with Harris. I think the real problem is that the offense is boring. Um, they're they're not running him north south a lot. They're going east west with Harris, which isn't really his game, and they have had poor quarterback play. So I think mm-hmm. it's a whole bunch of stuff here. Harris is still on that you know 20 to 25 range each week at the running back position. He's a bottom RB two because of the workload.
1: It's interesting with the opponent tonight, Tennessee. Um, they've been very average, and and they're average against the run. Because early in the season, nobody could run against Tennessee. The last three games, though, Indianapolis went for 193 on the ground. Baltimore went for 139. And then last week, Atlanta went for 140. So Tennessee is trending in the incorrect direction here as they get set for Pittsburgh. And maybe, oh, maybe Najee Harris will finally have his breakthrough moment. You've still got to start him tonight, don't you, Ray? He has to. I doubt anybody has great options. He's still like an RB2 despite these really lackluster uh, efforts this season
0: yeah I mean you know the the Lions are out the Broncos the Niners and the Jaguars and there's some substantial running backs in the fantasy game on those four teams that aren't available this week so it depends how you put a team together and all that kind of stuff as we know Kyle but I think in general most people are probably still starting Najee Harris Let's stay with this game. Let's talk DFS. Let's talk showdown. Uh, Whether it's a Monday night
1: football game or a Thursday night football game, we love to check in with Ryan Clifford, who is our uh, showdown analyst. He tackles the one-game slates uh, that we have on Sunday night, Monday night, and, of course, Thursday night like this evening. You see Ryan. Good to have you back with us, sir. Uh, Good to be talking a uh, Steelers-Titans game, a brand-new week of football. And Ray and I were just discussing Najee Harris. I'm, I'm looking... Oh, what's the price tag for Najee Harris this week? It, it can't be to its high water point, but what do we think of Najee for tonight? Let's see that price tag. I'm waiting for this to load. You probably have it, Ryan, but uh, let's see. If you want to captain Najee Harris, it looks like it's going to run you 10,800. 10,800, you got it. Yeah, that seems crazy on the captain side. Um, if you just wanted to play him 7,200, what, what do you think of Najee Harris's outlook for tonight,
2: Ryan? I don't really like either of the Steelers running backs, honestly. Um, Tennessee's top 10 in the league against opposing running backs as far as fantasy points go. Um, That's what we're talking about here on Showdown. So um, to me, it's more uh, the pass game for the Steelers if I'm looking in Pittsburgh's direction. Um, I do like Harris a little bit more than Jalen Warren, um, but uh, they're very close. They're pretty much splitting snaps, and neither one of them has really done much, so... Uh, it's fate for me on the running backs.
0: Ryan, if we go to Derrick Henry on the other side, he's like $700 trillion. Um, <laughs> he's the most expensive guy, $17,400 here, uh, like Kyle was talking about. Uh, if you use him as the captain, eleven six, 6, just regular style. You know, the offense looked much better with Will Levis under center last week. And if they can pass, maybe they can run. And we saw 100 yards from Henry. And where are we at with Henry, who is the most expensive guy on the slate tonight? Yeah,
2: he's my top captain. Um, He's generally the most expensive captain on the slate when he's uh, involved. Um, Only Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Jefferson have been an optimal showdown captain more than Derrick Henry over the last three years. Um, You know, we've seen this story play out before with these rookie quarterbacks. They come in they look amazing in their first game. You know, the the their opposition gets some film on them, gets a week to prepare, and they come out and look completely flat the second game. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but uh, we have seen that, that happen often with these rookie quarterbacks. So um, I'm pumping the brakes a little on Levis, and uh, Derek Henry will be my top play tonight.
0: Ryan Clifford of FantasyGuru.com talking to us about that uh, Thursday night showdown here. Talk to us a little bit about, more about the youngster with the Titans. Will Levis, you just mentioned him um you know he's 9600 here he's third on the slate Uh, he he showed great ball placement which Jeff Manns has talked about all week uh he opened up the offense he completed deep passes the offense through the air was better than it had been any point this season doesn't sound like you're overly excited about him in this matchup this evening though
2: I'm not I'm not over honestly I'm not overly excited about any of the offensive players in this (laughs) match tonight this is like the typical Thursday night matchup that we've all grown to uh love to hate um (laughs) Yeah, I DeAndre Hopkins is a major boost for him, especially. We saw that last week. Uh, he's needed a guy like this that can push the ball deep uh, accurately. So I, I do like Hopkins tonight. You know, it'll only take one of those plays really to get Hopkins into that optimal lineup. So I think that he belongs there, whether that's flex or captain. Um, Levis, as far as he goes, as far as the showdown slate, you know, he's not the type that's going to take off running his senior year college he finished with negative rushing yards of course they count sacks in college as as negative rushing yards but uh uh, that's what we need for for captainship in showdown so as far as captain goes you know i'm not looking at levis at all tonight i'm gonna leave him out of my pool um kenny pickett is another guy he's been just uh one time an optimal captain since he's gotten into the league 20 games so far so um quarterbacks again, as far as you know, talking captain are gonna be a fade for me. Uh I I do think we'll see Levi uh, come back down to earth this week. I don't know that he'll really struggle here, but um definitely don't think we're gonna see, you know, three bomb touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins again.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and when we talk quarterbacks, when people build, you know, a showdown lineup, they're they're always gonna have at least one quarterback. That that's a given. I would suspect coming off the the first effort that Levis had, you know, most of the ownership is going to go in that direction. What do you think of the other side here? I mean, is it, are are you a fool if you spend money on a guy like (laughs) Kenny Pickett? Or it sounds like he's going to play, but even Mitch Trubisky, if he were to get the start, are are you wasting your money on the Steelers side here? Because that's kind of the differential play at quarterback, just because you'd have to suspect so many people are going to go with the rookie on Tennessee. Yeah,
2: for sure. And I talk about that in my write up today, um, you know, leave is going to get a ton of ownership with that game fresh in people's minds. So um, I do like the Steelers, as I said, I like their pass game more than their run game. Um, you know, so as, as far as that goes, I think, I think Pickett's a fine play. Listen, we got to play six players from this game. So. <laughs> um, and, you know, as I always say, we've got to play at least one quarterback. So I think really it depends on, how your lineup is built, you know how the rest, what are the rest of the pieces in your lineup? If you've got some Tennessee pass catchers, you know maybe lean Levis. You got the Steeler pass catchers, uh, you know maybe lean Pickett.
0: It's uh, not overly surprising, Ryan, to have a game in two thousand twenty three where you look at the tight ends and you go no. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, and there's a tight end here that you're interested. In. I'm going to assume the answer to that is probably not this evening. So, talk to us a little bit more about those pass catchers. You, you hit on, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in depth. Talk to us a little bit more about the things on the Steelers side. Who is going to be catching passes, and who intrigues you tonight?
2: Yeah, I was looking for okay, Connor Hayward. He's the Steelers, you know, tight end one with Friermuth out, twenty eight hundred. You know, listen, one touchdown at that salary is probably going to put him into the lineup. So um, I'm probably not touching Okonkwo, 4,200 for the Titans. He's been having some issues dropping the ball and just has not played out the way I think many of us thought he would this year. So as far as the Steeler pass catchers go, Deontay Johnson, 14 targets last week. Um, I think he's kind of reclaimed his role there as like the top pass catcher pickings. He's never had more than 10 targets in a game in his career he is that big play threat though. So if you're looking for upside, I think Pickens is the play Um, Johnson, you know, more of a floor play for me. I think last year he had a ridiculous run of not getting into the end zone. So um, I do like Johnson on volume for, for a game like this, where I don't expect a lot of scoring that PPR uh, benefits a guy like Johnson. So um, I think it's a coin flip between the two. I think you can play both of them. Um, I like either one of them at captain. Um, but I, I think I do lean towards Johnson being the safer play.
1: Well, and if you want to dig deeper, we always like throwing out some cheap plays. Uh, the Steelers have a couple of guys that are like in that 800 to maybe 1200 range with Austin, um, Alan Robinson sitting down though too. Now, neither of those guys has had many moments. I think Robinson's still looking for his first touchdown with the Steelers, uh, do either of those guys kind of fit as that that
2: sixth player, if you will, at that price tag of $800 to 1000 You know, I really wanted to like Calvin Austin this year. Um, it's just not happened for him so far. So, you know, Allen Robbins is kind of a boring play to me. If I'm looking for that boring kind of safer play, I'm looking to uh, Kyle Phillips, who's just $800 on Tennessee's side. Nick Westbrook, Akine is uh 3,400 for the Titans, and he's pretty much their, you know, second wide receiver on the field all the time. So um, I, I, don't, I don't like the Steeler secondary pieces as far as the pass game goes. I think if I'm looking for the cheaper pieces there, I'm going to look to Tennessee. Article uh, should be posting
1: up early this afternoon at fantasyguru.com. Ryan Clifford with the showdown breakdown, uh, going through some of the rules of the road. If you're playing a showdown site, obviously specific thoughts on this game. Uh, some lower end dart throws, kind of how he sees this game going. This is, I believe, one of five games this weekend that has a game total in like the 30s, which is kind of ugly. Um, any reason to suspect we, we get above that number, Ryan? What's your model say for this game tonight? I I actually have not looked at what the number is. What is the number? 37 and a half, I think, is what I saw. I've got I've got 34.6. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty significant under there. Yeah. <laughs> so tune in tonight, everybody, at 8 15. Um, maybe you can win some money, if nothing else. Uh, Discord's going to be open. Ryan's going to be in there as well as uh, Ray and the rest of the crew. So if you got any specific questions, as you finish off these builds, by all means, uh, do head into Discord to get the live answer leading up to the kickoff. The inactives and actives, they'll come out about 90 minutes before a kickoff at 8.15 tonight. Ryan, a pleasure as always, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, have fun watching some football. And uh, we'll report back to duty and check in with you on uh, Monday next week. Right? All right. Thanks, guys. Ryan Clifford with us. want to remind everybody, Sunday night uh, for the game, which is a big one. That, that's actually one of the few really in- interesting games this week. Uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo Uh, that'll get coming your way on Sunday night and Ryan does do an individual write-up for that showdown site and of course for the rest of the slates including Miami Kansas City which I guess works as a showdown uh, we will have write-ups all weekend long at fantasyguru.com tomorrow on the broadcast we are set to be joined by our friend Armando Marsal he is going to help us with some football thoughts going in to week nine, uh, looking at the rest of this week nine, kind of pulling away from this game this evening, uh, some injury news. Darren Waller, Ray, for mm-hmm. anybody who's got him, I don't think you're going to have him for a while. I, I mean, when, when a player says, Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to miss a few games, and this is an injury that's going to keep me out. To me, Darren Waller and this hamstring, Ray, done for November. Like, I'd really be surprised if he's back before December 1st.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously been a big question over in the discord at fantasyguru.com. What do I do? What do I do? And I and I say this nicely, you don't draft Darren Waller. <laughs> I mean, this is there are certain players that we just know through history have a hard time staying on the field and when you talk yeah. about the investment of you know in Darren Waller on draft day versus the likely return, you're always going to need a second tight end. You and I have talked about this a lot. I don't like clogging up a roster with a second tight end um you know you're not gonna be able to find a guy that theoretically can catch five or 50 each week like waller anyway so it's just there are people with waller in a rough spot but i agree with you i think that ultimately everyone has to be expecting him to miss this week if not multiple weeks with this injury so you're gonna have to grab that second tight end and hopefully there's someone out there that can help you out
1: additionally we're still not confirmed as to who the qb will be for the giants uh, daniel jones has been limited this week tyrod taylor's not been practicing this week I'm kind of leaning towards thinking the Giants must be planning on Jones being under center, but uh, that is not confirmed. Uh, it would help matters for this offense, but uh, Waller out, and we'll see with Daniel Jones. Doesn't look good for Matthew Stafford either. Rams are uh, on the road in Green Bay. Uh, Stafford's a QB two ray. It's it's not like a backbreaking loss to not have him for Week Nine. But what about the loss and what it means for Nakua and Cup? Um, are they are they still like to me? They're still starters in a PPR mm-hmm. setup. I would have to still have them out there in a non PPR. I think Cup means a stud, so you gotta play them. Green Bay doesn't offer anything that's frightening. Nakua, you might have better options than him, but in a PPR ray, I'm still pro Puka, pro Cooper, even without Stafford for this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing that the Rams have done the last couple years, and it's been with Stafford under center, but one thing they've done for the most part is they've had a you know, if you look think of a pyramid, their pyramid is very narrow right Mm -hmm. it's and it's a couple of guys and then there's nothing at the bottom right it's just there's a couple it's it's like the Raiders like you know exactly where the ball is going in the Rams offense it's going to Puka it's going to Cup it's going to Henderson they'll get a little bit of Higbee there maybe a little at well that's it right there's not a lot of mouths to feed in this offense so I agree with you I think that even if Stafford is out with that UCL in his thumb you still have to feel pretty solid about going Cup and Nakua I will say this that Nakua's got a knee issue. It doesn't sound like a major deal, but he was hobbling around a little bit, and he's missing some practice time this week. And, you know, two of the last three games he's been under 45 yards. Eh, You know, the the bar is set so high with expectations for him that I think people, you know, are they going to be happy with him having the second greatest rookie season of all time? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like if if he slides back. So, you know, he's physically got a little bit of an issue there. Uh, A move to a backup quarterback is a little bit of an issue though I still agree with you on balance. I think it'd be hard to sit him this week.
1: And Brett Ripon would would be the guy for Stafford. And again, it looks like he's going to be under center going up against Jordan Love. The, the two running backs there with the Rams, Ray, I think you got to play them too. Like if you're if you're rolling Henderson or Freeman, and you mentioned the bye weeks and mm-hmm. injuries that we have. And, and I think most people have that option of one of these two guys. I don't know how many have both and they got to choose each week between one. But for most fantasy leagues, these guys probably looking at 12 to 15 touches in a game with brett ripon as her qb Mm -hmm. it's i guess it's where we're at in week nine of the season but royce freeman um daryl anderson fire them up i think for this week
0: yeah and again you can use the promo code fsd20 over at fantasyguru.com to sign up for any of our products uh peek behind the curtain there for those people that aren't subscribers if you look at the rankings right now uh over at fantasyguru.com in the ppr setup we've got uh Mr. Henderson at 24 at running back, and Royce Freeman at 32. So it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not like either one harder. of these guys makes you feel great. It's not mm-hmm. like either one of these guys is someone that you're, you're pushing to get in the lineup per se. But at the same time, given guys being on bye, given the nature of backfields, both guys are in play for some people this week
1: couple of other things uh, at quarterback we're still sitting and wondering about the uh, QB in Cleveland, PJ Walker, Deshaun Watson. Hopefully we'll find out maybe today. I mean, Watson has, has been at practice. I think it was a limited session on Wednesday, uh, so that would probably lead to another limited session today. We'll just see how the shoulder reacts. Uh, don't know if anybody's uber excited about Cleveland or what they have under center. Uh, Josh Allen did not practice yesterday. Remember, they're playing on Sunday night. Shoulder injury is what we're hearing. It doesn't appear to be anything too worrisome. So it looks like we're in the clear there. Gus Edwards did not practice for Baltimore. Uh, not certain if that's a maintenance thing. He had a lot of work on Sunday against Arizona. So maybe they're just kind of giving him a veterans day off. Other guys who didn't practice on Wednesday, uh, Tyler Lockett undisclosed Amari DiMarcado toe Drake, London growing Damian Pierce an ankle David Njoku and akle and then Curtis Samuel with a toe. So we'll see what the status is on those guys for Thursday. Some other limiteds. Ray mentioned Nakua. Uh, we mentioned Daniel Jones. We mentioned Deshaun Watson. Luke Musgrave, for those who care, uh, rookie tight end. He's got an ankle injury. He is also limited on that front. Uh, speaking of articles, we got up at Fantasy Guru. And speaking of Week 9, Ray, your game day article, it's up. It's available. It's yep. uh, ready to read. and. And it's a lot of reading for those who want something to uh, get prepped for Sunday, right?
0: Yeah, and this week it's small. It's only 12,000 words. Um, Wham. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. But, you know, we have so many – I kind of look at it and, you know, pardon my way of saying it, but it's, it's the gateway drug to the week, right? It's the overall overarching, here's what we got, here are all the matchups, here are the players, here's what they've done of late, here's what the matchup this week looks like. And then you can dive in deeper, like with things with Ryan Clifford, when you're talking about Thursday night football. We've got a whole host of articles each week. You know, we're talking about red zone work and wide receiver cornerback matchups and breaking things down in more detail. So, this article also, uh, which is seasonal based, ends up becoming part of the DFS package over at fantasyguru.com as well, because um, all the the graphics and all the charts and the tables and all the ranking stuff that I have in those 12 to 14,000 words most week then get augmented by Armando Mersal who adds in DFS content. So whether you're a seasonal uh, subscriber at FantasyGuru.com or part of our DFS group, either way, you get access to the article.
1: A little more football to come your way. Um, Ani Sridhar uh, waiting in the wings to talk some English Premier League here on a Thursday. But if you caught yesterday's edition of Fantasy Sports Daily, uh, powered by FantasyGuru.com, yesterday we talked about quarterbacks and some of the more, um, yeah I don't know if head-scratching is the term you wanted to use, but some of the more Uh, eye-catching numbers that we've seen through the first eight weeks of the NFL season and remember we're getting ready for week nine a lot of fantasy leagues are going to end in week 17 regular seasons will end in like week 14 so the season is pretty well half done if not beyond half done for some of us so we thought throughout the week uh starting with quarterbacks yesterday running backs today and then wide receivers and tight ends tomorrow we take a look at some of those halfway home numbers. So, Ray, like I said, we dealt with the guys who sling the football around yesterday. Today, the guys who carry the football. Uh, leading off with the fact, yesterday I said, wow, Tua Tagovailoa leading the NFL in passing yardage. Travis Etienne, Ray, leading the NFL in rushing attempts. It's been a big, big push this year from where we were last year with Jacksonville to the amount of work he is getting this year he has been a horse for the Jaguars and again nobody else in football and yeah you can point to injuries and all that but you know Derrick Henry hasn't missed a game Christian McCaffrey's been out there pretty well every week Saquon Barkley's missed some games but he obviously racks up totals of all of them though Ray it's Travis Etienne at the top
0: yeah I mean he's he's added six carries a game on average co- compared to where he was last season and uh, last year he had 220 carries this year he's on pace for what 330 i mean that's a and i don't know I, and let's you know if we go back to draft day with etn it was this guy's gonna run it 200 times he's gonna catch 60 passes and there you go this level of workload i don't think anyone ever expected out of etn uh you know i know some people i even complained in the listener the elite uh listener league that we have here at fantasyguru.com with uh, obviously the people listeners followers of the shows um i had etn in that league and i was like the ninth round and i was going to take you know bigsby and someone grabbed him in front of me and i'm like what are you doing mm. like why would you grab you don't have etn why are you grabbing? and the person said well i think Bigsby's is going to be part big part of the offense bigsby hasn't done jack he's not even mm. on the field it's all etn he's on the field all the time he gets the work all the time and he's rewarded you know, those in the fantasy space with a strong season today.
1: And, and one thing that also surprises me about that number, Ray, I was a huge proponent leading into the season of Jacksonville's going to throw. They're going to have Trevor Lawrence throwing the football 600 times. What has happened, though, is last season they were 10th in passing attempts. This year, they're 17th. Last year, they were 17th in rushing attempts. This year, they're 9th. I am stunned, Ray. They flip-flopped those numbers. And honestly, Jacksonville, they're six and two. And I guess when you rank teams according to records, that puts them near the top. But having watched plenty of the Jaguars this year, they haven't looked very good. I've not been impressed with their offense. They're winning games. And I think eventually it'll click. But I'm really surprised, Ray, that those two numbers, the rushing attempts and the passing attempts, have flip-flopped this year with Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really reflected in in Calvin Ridley, right? Their big addition this offseason, the first game of the year, first half of his first game with the club, he caught seven passes for 92 yards and a touchdown. And we're like, yeah, this is it, man. This is going to go. They got Kirk, they got Ingram, they got Zay Jones. And it just hasn't happened. And, you know, it's been some game flow stuff. It's been some injury stuff. It's been some poor performance stuff. But I agree with you, this – not drawing a direct comparison, but the team right now seems very much like the Giants of 2022, right? It's like they're winning games, and you look at the crew, and you're not overly impressed necessarily by any of the pieces. But in the end, the record's there. They're giving themselves a mm-hmm. shot at the playoffs. But uh, in the fantasy space, other than Etienne and Ingram, yeah, I guess Kirk. But it, you know, it hasn't quite gone according to plan for most of us.
1: The next uh, halfway home number that I've got also kind of deals with Etienne. I uh, mentioned he's number one in rushing attempts. Seven of the top 15 for rushing attempts this year are guys who are averaging under four yards a carry. And surprisingly, that includes Etienne. He's at 3.9. Here are the other guys. Etienne, Jacobs, Barkley, Damian Pierce, Pollard, Madison, and Algier. Ray, I'm a huge proponent of quantity. Like those guys are getting quantity. They're not having any success. Um, and, And it's almost like, you know, running backs are devalued, but even having successful running backs nobody even cares about. <laughs> like these guys are getting a ton of the football, unless I'm not gonna say that's an awful number less than four. But Ray, we're just not used to seeing guys who get the football this month at under four yards a pop. That's that's something that's really changed in the last decade.
0: It has, and you know, I think that speaks to the idea of you know, the run is really complimentary. What are they doing with these guys? They're trying to run the clock out. They're trying to keep a, a lead. Um, They're looking to, you know, just move the chains because that's, you're right. It's not good. It's it's just, it's not a scenario where you look at a guy and you say, well, we're going to give him the ball 20 times a week. And if we get 3.8 yards a carry, yeah, no, no coach is going to say that. Um, It's halfway through the year that I think we have enough data to look at it and feel pretty good that that's kind of where we're at. It's not like a one or two game scenario but yeah it's disappointing uh the volume like you said volume is king in fantasy mm-hmm. but it'd be nice there's a little production with it as well zach moss number two in rushing yardage
1: right where are we standing for the second half on zach moss we, we thought two weeks ago he was going to lose work to jonathan taylor yet yeah. every week It's nearly equal in terms of touches. So are we going to live with that the next two months, you think? I
0: I mean, in this, I think, and Jeff Manz and I talked about this in the Elite Sports Show on Series 6M yesterday. I think this goes to show you why teams don't pay running backs. They gave him, you know, they backed up the the truck and said, here's Gold Bouillon, Mr. (laughs) Taylor. And then what do they do? Keep giving the ball to Zach Moss. (laughs) Well, is
1: that how you make the deal work out? Is you pay him a lot of money, give him three, four years, whatever it was, yeah. and the way we make him survive is by giving plenty of work to the cheap guy in Zach Moss.
0: Yeah, I maybe, and I mean it's working. Both guys are having success, right? They're filling roles. I think it's strange that they didn't trade Moss because his value is as high as it's going to be. Like, what do you, you just gave Taylor, you know, the high one of the highest contracts you have ever seen at running back, like that. This guy is going to be the lead in the offense. I think in the case though of of these two. We are at a scenario, as we're discussing, where the running back position is not overly exciting, where there's not necessarily oodles of production. I think it's conceivable that if you have both Moss and Taylor, and I do, and Scott Fishbowl, I think that if you have both these guys, it's conceivable this week and moving forward to consider starting both of them as top 25 running backs.
1: Jalen Hurts, uh, not a running back, but he's doing a lot of running. I mean, he's got got the same amount of carries as Brees Hall. Crazy. So, but 35 of his 78 carries this year have gone for first downs. Talking about Jalen Hurts. And I guess that speaks, Ray. You know, some of those sure. It's a seven-yard run and he gets you a first down, but it's just on and on and on with this, you know, brotherly shove thing. And and if you look, you know, Jalen Hurts has always been a runner. This year, more than ever, they're using this one-yard push on fourth and one. His um yards per carry is down to 3.8. Last year it was 4.6. The year before it was 5.6. So he's still getting a lot of rushing attempts, Ray, as many as ever. But so much of it is going for fewer yards than we're used to with Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of it is the short stuff, right? Like you're talking about the fourth and ones and all that. But I think it's also fascinating. And I know he's thrown a bunch of picks this year and all of that. And he's dealing with the knee issue. But he's thrown for 275 yards in six straight games. Like, you know, you get that level of offensive production through the air augmented by the, the the work with the legs that you're talking about. And it's no surprise why people drafted him so highly in 2023. And,
1: and I mentioned the rushing attempts are about the same that they've been for Jalen Hurts. Uh, the touchdowns are also about the same. Like he's at six right now, rushing touchdowns. So he's got a very good shot at a third straight season with double digit rushing touchdowns, which throughout most of the NFL history, that's been you never see. Uh, but it's happening with Hertz. We've seen it with some other guys too. But the yardage, he's going to lose about, at this pace, again, we're just pacing this stuff out with our numbers, he's going to lose about 200 yards from what we got last season and from what we got the year before. So it's still good, but it's a little different with Jalen Hurts. It's a lot of that straight into the gut. And I, I'm still confounded, Ray. I know it's successful, but there's your, what's he make? $45, 50000000 million a season. And like on fourth and one, you're just shoving them into like four thousand pounds of people. (laughs) It's like four thousand pounds. It's got to be close to that. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. That's they're regularly doing it with their crown jewel of the franchise. Uh, Those are some halfway home numbers when it comes to running backs. Again, tomorrow, right here on Fantasy Sports Daily, we'll tackle some of those halfway home numbers at wide receiver few more minutes left in this uh thursday edition of what we do here with fsd again that promo code you can see at the bottom fsd 20 20 off everything at fantasyguru.com and that includes our epl coverage yes did you know we have english premier league coverage yes we do and our next guy talks it every week he's in discord every weekend he's writing up columns every weekend covering the DFS slate on Saturdays with the main slate. He talks some uh, FPL with us as well here. Ani Sridhar back with us. Mr. Ani, you're looking comfortable
3: and warm on this Thursday. How's it going, man? It's going great, Kyle. And yeah, warm for sure. Uh, the cold <laughs> has finally hit the Northeast here. It's our first day in like the low 40s. So you have oh, to get a little man. cozy. Yeah, So you got you probably got three more of those in the uh, in the closet. You're ready to pile on when it gets into oh, the yeah. teens. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the rotation is ready, and the uh, the shopping cart is also. You know, the cart's full with the uh, yeah. coats and sweaters ready for purchase.
1: Speaking of cold, that was me last week in FPL. <laughs> um, you know, I was sitting here a week ago bragging about my huge effort in game week uh, nine, over a hundred points. Uh, game week ten, I felt it like in the fifties, and the reason is I. I went the third round on captaincy. I went Ollie Watkins. I was trying to be different, trying to be cute, blew up in my face. Meanwhile, everybody else, Ani, who went Mosala or Erling Holland, they did just fine. How about you in game week, ten? Uh, was it a winning week for you?
3: Uh, it was an average week. It was better than my week before. But, yeah, I also went the Watkins route, unfortunately, with the captain. Yeah. Didn't pay off. He looked great, but, you know, we don't take great in points. We need goals, and we yeah. sadly did not get that. Uh, I would still roll with him this week. Villa still has a matchup. Don't know if I'd captain him, uh, but the matchup
1: is still there certainly for him to be in lineups. And I guess the reason I wouldn't captain him Ani, is because the, the two fallbacks, when we talk about the armband band each week, great matchups for Erling Holland for Mo Salah. You look at Holland uh, against Bournemouth. Mo Salah is at Luton town. I I guess the issue this week is which of the two. I mean, I I feel you're right either way. I'm probably going to go Holland. How about you for the captaincy this week?
3: Yeah, I think Holland is the 1A and then Salah comes in 1B. But I have to say, I wouldn't be shy going back to Watkins at captain. They Ooh. get a good matchup against Forrest. And, you know, it's a saying we like to use in the fantasy industry. When others are fearful, let's be greedy here. And if, you know, you're like middle of the pack and you're trying to get that boost, everyone's going to go away from Watkins this week because of what happened last week. But... If you want to get a little different, Watkins is not a bad captain. Villa still have a great matchup, and, uh, you know, City might rotate their lineup and try to, you know, keep Holland healthy.
1: Villa's at uh, Nottingham Forest. That's our first game on Sunday. A majority of the schedule is going to be locked and loaded on Saturday. I think seven of the ten matches this week are Saturday matchups. 8.30 a.m. is our first one. Man United is at Fulham, so that means Lock is at 7 a.m. So you don't have to worry about Friday, but Saturday, if you are playing season long, you are going to worry about that 7 a.m. lock. Uh, the main slate's also a little different this week, Ani, because um, I, I guess uh, maybe they haven't done daylight savings. or No, we haven't done it, but they have done it over in England. So instead of a 10 a.m. main slate that you always cover over at uh, Fantasy Guru, it's actually 11 a.m., and it's a pretty big slate, Ani. I mean, we got five matches in that main slate. What's kind of the early read? I know you'll have the column... Friday night, Saturday morning. But what's the early lead on that uh, 11 a.m. slate for Saturday?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. Since last week, we only had, you know, a two-game slate on Saturday, and then we had the main slate on, you know, Sunday with the three games. But early lean is Manchester City. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. they're taking on Bournemouth, get as many pieces as possible and try to fit it in the lineup. And I think the sneaky, sneaky uh, value plays we might get is that Everton-Brighton game. The game total is sitting at three and a half. We've seen Everton play good football of recently. They've gotten unlucky with results, and Brighton have kind of, you know, they've kind of fallen off of their early yeah. hot start. So that's another game where I'm going to be looking at getting pieces from. Good news for Brighton. It sounds
1: like uh, Stupenon could could be back in the eleven. The beauty of DFS is you find out an hour uh, before you got to lock your DFS build. You can find out exactly who Brighton has on the field. You can find out exactly who Man City has on the field, and Ani's going to be in Discord. Uh, live on Saturday morning to help you with some of those setups. Uh, staying with a couple of games um, in that area, Brian and Um, I saw a number over the previous like month, Ani. I, I think 1.2 or 1.3 million people have sold off the uh, the-, the Brentford midfielder. Uh, they've moved on. The last two weeks, he's exploded. Couple of weeks, double digit points. Does everybody who sold them need to get back on board with him or do you just bite your tongue and and hope that you still made the right decision to move on?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's so two weeks ago when you used your wild card, I forgot to. So Embuemo was still in my lineup and I and I reaped the rewards. But then last week I used my wild card. I shipped him off. Thought it was a tough matchup. Clearly wasn't. He produced again. I felt like a genius at the beginning of the year when I, you know, quote unquote, drafted him week one. But if you look at their schedule, you know, they have a good, decent matchup against West Ham. But then Liverpool, Arsenal, and I think the time to get him back might be after that when they have Luton, Brighton, and Sheffield. So that that could be when you get Iwemo back because he does have two tougher fixtures coming up. You, you mentioned you thought last week was going to
1: be tough, um, but it wasn't. That was because he was playing your boys from Chelsea. Um, another sad effort for Chelsea who like always has these opportunities on the doorstep. They can't bang them home. Um, I know the fixtures take a turn this week. The The big matchup is involving Chelsea visiting uh, Tottenham. That'll be on Monday afternoon. What's all this mean for Cole Palmer? Because everybody still looks at them. They love the price tag. They love the effort. They love what they've seen, but like everything around them is a mess Ani. Now you have the difficult fixtures How are you handling Cole Palmer? Do you feel he still is a very important part of the puzzle for successful FPL teams?
3: I think he's cheap enough where you can roster him. He's only five mil, right? So he's someone you could possibly have on the bench, you know, sub in or like in the event, someone doesn't play. He's someone who gets subbed in there because he does have penalties taking equity. And that's really important here. So even if it's a tough matchup against, you know, Man City, Newcastle coming up, Chelsea have played these tough teams. Well, 2-2 2-2 draw against Arsenal. 1-1 draw against Liverpool at the beginning of the year. It's these bad teams that they've really played down to their competition, which has been incredibly frustrating as a Chelsea fan. So I think Palmer and potentially Reese James are two of the only Chelsea pieces I'd be comfortable with. Um, comfortable with Reese James? He's going to get injured this week, Ani. Book it. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong there. But he, once again, he's got, you know, assist equity since he's on, you know, corners, crosses. But – uh if you have sterling i you gotta get i think sterling is a must sell for me he's probably number one on my must sell if you have him on your team again chelsea tottenham that game uh, monday
1: three o'clock eastern is the kickoff there that's the 10th and final match of the week Ani east hanging out with us talking some fpl again his dfs column will be up saturday morning get you set for that five game main slate um a lot of people scrambling this weekend in season long ani because they lost pedro nato of wolves who uh know for a while was under the radar he just kept producing kept producing became more and more popular he was a sub six midfielder uh kind of helped the the entire 15 man build he's now injured and this hamstring injury is going to keep him out for a while what's the move here when you look at midfielders that are below six like cole palmer who we were talking about he's one of those guys but there are some other options that you could go with too
3: Yeah, I think the number one option for me, and I'll probably be adding him this week to my team, that's Anthony Gordon. You get him at 5.7. He's now become a, you know, a must. He's this must start for Newcastle because of the injuries they have on their team. And he's heavily active in their attack. Newcastle don't have the best schedule going forward, but this is a team that plays really well at home. And they get an Arsenal team who just lost three one to West Ham in the midweek. So I think Arsenal, very beatable, could see Anthony Gordon score or even get an assist. That Bournemouth, Chelsea, United, Everton. That's a great line of fixtures for Anthony Gordon, and he's a must-add for me this week.
1: Let's stay with Newcastle. You mentioned Arsenal Newcastle. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, It's the final game on the Saturday uh, venue, 1.30 Eastern, I think is the kickoff there. Uh, You know, Pedro Nito, who we talked about, injured. Everybody's selling him. Karen Trippier of Newcastle is not injured. He's been really good this year. He's very expensive on the back line, but I saw this week people are selling him and they're moving on. Last week was a rare blank for him. Are people making a mistake selling off Trippier? Again, they, they love the idea of saving money and maybe avoiding the fixtures you talked about for Newcastle, but what's your read on holding or selling with Kieran Trippier?
3: I think it all depends on the build, right? Because a lot, and more, more often than not, Trippier is going to outscore a midfielder or even a striker in your lineup. I think he's a hold. I think one bad week is not something we can just be like, "All right, time to sell him off." Because as I mentioned with the uh, players earlier, it's that set piece equity, Kyle. Like he's on mm-hmm. every single free kick, the corner kicks, up and down the flanks, putting crosses in. And with this Newcastle attack, he he could have an assist in every game. You know, the the part where we're a little bit worried with defenders is we love clean sheets. And with this slate of games coming up, might not get as many clean sheets as we were expecting and we got in the past month. But I think Trippier is a long term hold. You said earlier, uh, Brighton Everton, three and a half on the goal total. And you
1: you think they'll reach that, if not go beyond it. Any other wagers that you like for game week 11 that
3: kind of stand off uh, the page to you? Yeah, I mean, usually I'm not a big spread better when it comes to soccer, but I like Man City to win by at least three goals against Bournemouth. Uh, it's at minus 102 on a lot of books. It, I think it's a great number. Bournemouth, arguably the worst team. I mean, Sheffield's down there for sure, but Bournemouth also, like, haven't seen much from them. That really gives me a lot of hope. Uh I I like City to win by at least three here. They got to get back rolling here in the Prem. I think that Man United win last weekend was huge for their momentum after coming off two bad performances. So uh, give me City to roll here at home. Okay, uh, folks, get ready for another weekend. Again, it starts Saturday, 8.30 Eastern
1: with the uh, first game. That means locks at 7 a.m. And if you're looking to play the DFS slate, Ani's going to be available in Discord coming up on Saturday morning. A bit later on that main slate, usually a 10 a.m. start. It's going to be 11 a.m. Uh, this week so enjoy the extra hour of rest donnie and uh, we'll yeah. talk to you next week thanks a lot for dropping in okay you got it kyle annie sridhar hanging out with us here on fantasy sports daily as we get ready to wrap up our uh, fourth get together ray flowers uh, was uh, in the chat room answering some questions so ray we let you kind of step away to help the people out we should remind people um, at least in youtube for the mm-hmm. viewers there they are able to ask questions live of both myself and Ray. Ray usually handles the answers just because he's better at the multitasking. But a lot of people uh, jumping in there and looking for
0: answers, right? Yeah. Thank you for that, Kyle. appreciate it. Yeah, uh, there are people asking questions, and we do encourage folks to do that. YouTube.com slash at Elite Plus Network. That's where you can find it. You get in there, uh, you know, watch the videos live. You can also watch them when they're taped later in the day when they go up. Uh, you can use that promo code FSD20 over at fantasyguru.com if you want to sign up. For more information, we're all in Discord all day long, answering hundreds of questions, thousands of questions throughout the week, uh, but happy to help some folks out here on the show as well.
1: On the way out the door, your pick tonight, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, uh, Pittsburgh favored by two and a half. Where do you land on that?
0: I'll go Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a game like we discussed with Ryan Clifford and you know, kind of hinted at ourselves. It's not going to be a sexy game, but I'll go with Mike Tallman and the Steelers this evening.
1: If last week for Will Levis is a nine on a scale of one to ten, what's tonight going to be for him? Six and a half. I'm going to go five. Okay. I think it's going to be rough. I think the pressure from the Steelers is is going to cause him issues. Um, Fitzpatrick you, is can't, out. you can't, you can't count on 40, 50-yard catches.
0: Right. <laughs> Mika Fitzpatrick being down for the Steelers is a help for, for Levis. But you're maybe, maybe I should have just said six. Maybe I got too excited yeah. by the great ball placement from last week.
1: I do like the Steelers uh, to handle uh, the Titans in this one. And, again, Kenny Pickett probably out there. Looks like everybody else is good to go, too. I know DeAndre Hopkins, there were some questions earlier in the week, but he's going to be out there. Same for Derrick Henry. Again, getting to Discord, uh, Ryan Clifford's column up at FantasyGuru.com. Ray's got the uh, game day column that is ready to go as well. More columns popping up this week or this Thursday, I should say. Uh, we got a tight end breakdown for DFS in Week 9. That will be going live here in a bit. And of course, tomorrow, Ray and I will be back at 11 a.m. Eastern. Armando Marsal stopping in with some of his thoughts for week nine. We'll also get you a college football preview. Uh, week number 10 of the college football season. So uh, we'll get to the latest on the DFS slate there. Uh, Ray, that'll do it for us. A pleasure as always. And we'll talk again tomorrow,
0: okay? Uh, Looking forward to it, Kyle. It's always fun to get a chance to talk to you and the uh, listeners slash viewers.
1: And now you can't get away from us. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, X, Facebook, uh, all sorts of places. Hunt us down. Uh, get the audio vo- version, the uh, video version. Uh, let us know what you like, what you dislike, what you'd like to hear of. Uh, we are here just getting things rolling. So uh, we're open for advice if you'd like to give it to us. We give a lot of advice, but you know, you can give us advice as to what you'd like to see, hear, all those good things here with Fantasy Sports Daily. That is it for us. Kyle Alfred, Gray Flowers, signing off. You have been watching Fantasy Sports Daily right here, powered
3: by FantasyGuru.com.